Well, the day that I came to see you at uh, one of the women's shelters, I think the one I was at houses two to 300 women and people were lined up. I mean, people were in the chairs lined up waiting to see you. Your day was full. Welcome to the Mettler Marketing Podcast, where we will talk about marketing strategies and tactics to grow your practice. I am your host, Linda Mettler, and I have worked with dental practices for several years now, and I want to share my knowledge and experience with you so that you can gain valuable and actionable steps on how to grow your practice. We will talk about the latest and greatest in marketing, feature some guest speakers so that you can hear firsthand what is and is not working, and help you unravel the complexities of the digital marketing world. I work really closely with my clients, so we will also delve into some other issues that affect your practice from time to time, such as staffing problems, COVID protocols, and similar issues. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Linda Mettler with the Mettler Marketing Podcast. So excited today because I have a guest that I want to introduce you to, and I'm going to just jump right in because she has so much to share with you. She's um, the founder and executive director of a wonderful nonprofit in Colorado called Deserving Dental. So today I have with me Jennifer Geiselhofer. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Linda, thank you so much. This is a wonderful opportunity. I appreciate the time you're taking to do this interview with me. Of course, of course. And Jennifer, I appreciated the time you took with me a couple of weeks ago. I went out, I came out to, uh, I met you through Colorado Dental Association and came out to see what deserving dental actually does. I actually, you invited me out to see you in action. Um, Just so that our listeners have a little background, Deserving Dental is a nonprofit organization in Colorado that provides free dental care to people in the underserved communities. So people who are who are homeless in shelters, um, children, uh, you know, elder elderly people. We're going to talk about all these populations that you serve. And Jennifer is just amazing. And I went out to a couple weeks ago, and it was just such a wonderful experience, Jennifer. Thank you for having me out there. Absolutely. Um, but you know, let's tell our listeners. Um, how you started deserving dental and why, because I just was really blown away. I mean, you were in private practice or working for a private dental office, not in private practice of your own. You were working in a private dental practice in, in Denver, in the Cherry Creek area, and you left to start deserving dental. So tell me how that happened and why. Absolutely. So deserving dental was Never in the original plan. Um, (laughs) It was created by a need that I didn't even know existed until I was working inside the homeless shelters with my for-profit. So I've been a hygienist now for 26 years, but at that time, uh, back in 2009, I was a hygienist in a traditional dental office working for a dentist. And I think for everybody in their career at about their 12 year mark, they're getting a little burned out, right? They're starting to think, oh, should I be going back to school? Is this really what I want to do? And I was having that little itch. And what happened in 2019 was 
uh, Colorado Mission of Mercy happened. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it is a large scale free dental clinic that is put on in different cities throughout Colorado where hundreds of dentists, hygienists, lab techs, dental assistants get together with mobile equipment and they create this massive pop-up clinic, typically in on a fairground or in a gymnasium. And right. it is no questions asked um, pop-up clinic where people can line up and for two days they can get free dental care. It's, it's a really amazing event. I've, I've volunteered the last several years at, at Comom. It's an, it's an amazing event. So it really is. It's, I believe they have it in a lot of states, um, across the U S right. Cause I know Arizona has Arizona mission of mercy as well. Oh, so, wonderful. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that just with Colorado. Yeah. Um, it's a and wonderful so event. in 2009, um, I decided to volunteer. And it was absolutely amazing. I drove home first just in awe, and then I cried. I just thought about, wow, this skill that I have to provide this care to somebody that can be so life-enhancing for them, I wanted to impact this population this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to get out of private practice. I wanted to see the underserved population for the rest of my life. That's amazing. Amazing. So my wheels were just turning on how could I get into public health? How could I see this population exclusively? Then a couple of weeks later, I was working back in my office for, for the dentist I was working for. And one of my regular patients, an older adult came in and was telling me during her cleaning that her husband was on hospice. He was at home. uh, He had Alzheimer's. He was on a ventilator. And, you know, Linda, it's really interesting. Now it's normal for us. But in the beginning, there were a lot of patients on hospice that wanted their teeth clean in their final weeks of life. This was one of those situations. So this woman had asked me, is there any services that come to the house and and clean patients' teeth? Well, at the time, there really wasn't. But I thought, oh my gosh, two weeks ago, I had just done Comom. I think I could do this. (laughs) Yeah, that that is amazing. And I can can completely relate to that. My my mom right now is, is on hospice care and living in assisted living. And a month ago insisted, she's 96, insisted that I take her to the dentist or that I have the dentist come to her because she wanted her teeth cleaned. She said, I, I don't care that I'm old. I, I want to look good. I want, I want my teeth healthy. I want them clean. So I get it. Yeah, it is something that we see a lot now. So that was my first experience with it. And it wasn't nearly as um, professional and organized as our systems are now. This was just grabbing some instruments and getting medical clearance from the patient's doctor to make sure that he could have his teeth cleaned. And Mm -hmm. so I packed up a little tackle box with instruments and I went over to the home, went into the bedroom and there he was in a hospital bed and he was on a ventilator. And I just had to try and 
block out all the sounds of the machines that were beeping around me and just focus on the mouth. Right. And I cleaned his teeth. And afterwards, his wife just threw her arms around me and just said, thank you so much for what you did. There was just no, he wanted this so badly, but there was no way that we were going to be able to transport him to a dental office somehow get him out of a van and into a dental chair. And this was just life-saving. And so on the way home, the light bulbs were going off like crazy from what I experienced two weeks earlier. And now this experience in the home. And I just knew that this was what needed to happen. But now how do I make it happen, right? (laughs) (laughs) How did you make it happen, Jennifer? So... I spent the next six years planning and intentionally being a guest hygienist at over 150 dental offices. So a lot of people would call it temping or being a guest hygienist, right? Signed up with an agency. I knew that I wanted to go out on my own. Well, one thing I should probably back up and explain is that in 1987, Colorado was the very first state in the country to pass a law and allow a registered dental hygienist to own and operate her own dental practice without a dentist. Right. So many states cannot do this. Right. So you're you're lucky that in Colorado you can. And I think you told me um, an interesting statistic that there are around 4,000 hygienists in Colorado. But yeah, 43 of them are practicing independently, right? Yeah. So it's actually now we were able to pull some closer statistics. Um, There are 5,164 registered dental hygienists in the state of Colorado. Only 49 of us are independent. Wow. How many are mobile? Seven are mobile. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow, you're an elite, part of a very elite group there, Jennifer. Yes, but of those seven, Deserving Dental is the only all-hygienist nonprofit organization that is in the homeless shelters. Wow. How many many staff do you have? I think I want to say you have four or five. We have a total of five. And you're all hygienists. Three hygienists. And one oral health patient navigator and one dental assistant that is also fluent in Spanish. Wow. That's, that's just, what a team, what a, what a dream team you've created. That's awesome. Awesome. So you, it took you six years to plan and make all this happen. And then how you started out in homeless shelters or women's shelters. Where did you, where did you start? So for the first six years, um, I was planning. I knew that I was going to be out on my own and there wasn't going to be a dentist to just shout over to the next room and be like, hey, doc, can you come over and look at this? Or, hey, doc, can you get this patient numb? So I needed to learn as much as I could from as many dentists as possible. And as I was this guest hygienist, letting the doctors know that this is what my big plan was, so many were just very welcoming and um, wanted to show me all these little tips and tricks. And it was, it was a wonderful experience. That's awesome. Then I started to buy equipment. 
slowly. Bought an autoclave, bought a Cavitron. These are all pieces of equipment that are three to $5,000 a piece. Oh, wow. I, I wanted to start the business not being in debt. Right. So over the six years buying things. So then, yes, the opportunity. Smart. And then you bought um, somewhere along the line, you bought your big mobile van. Yes. So I did. I did buy the big mobile van. Um, it was this the second one. We started out very small with a little mo- uh, minivan before we upgraded to the big van. So it just started out with one little small uh, homeless shelter nonprofit organization in Denver. And I reached out to them saying, hey, I want to do this mobile dental thing. What do you think? And they were a little hesitant at first. And through a couple meetings, they said, okay, why don't you come in and we'll try it for a day. And it was a hit. Oh, I had- <laughs> yes. Well, the day that I came to see you at uh, one of the women's shelters, I think the one I was at houses two to 300 women and people were lined up. I mean, people were in the chairs lined up waiting to see you. Your day was full. Um, And I want to say you told me that you serve over 30 shelters. Is that correct? Yes. We fluctuate around 30 different homeless shelters that consist of the Salvation Army, Catholic Charities, Denver Rescue Mission. Yes. And many others. <laughs> and you see men and women and children, right? Yes. So you told me, Jennifer, too, that you go in and set up and break down everything every single day. Is that right? Yeah. So nothing happens inside the dental van. So we are portable, not mobile. Okay. So the van is just used, although the van is pretty tricked out, <laughs> as you saw. <laughs> Um, it's really neat. Everything comes out of the van onto dollies and all of the equipment gets wheeled inside the homeless shelter and we create these pop-up clinics. Wow. That's amazing. It it was very impressive to see. I couldn't, I thought it was there permanently. I couldn't believe (laughs) you took all that down every single day. That was just mind boggling. Um, how many, about how many patients do you see every day in each of these clinics? So we have a different business model than a lot of traditional dental offices. Um, we still work for eight and a half to nine hours a day, but we see only five patients a day. It's an hour and a half, sometimes an hour and 45 minutes per patient. Um, so we typically see 1,100 patients a year, uh, between 850 and 900 of them are new patients. And the cool thing is we actually have a recall system. So we have patients that do return for their six month or their yearly visits. And sometimes there's even patients that we maybe saw three years ago at a Salvation Army shelter And then all of a sudden we're at a Catholic charities and this patient walks in and he's already in our database. So he has already seen us um, at another shelter previously. So that's really cool that they do keep coming back for more care. That is great. I mean, what a sign of how much they trust you and, you know, feel like you are their dental home for taking care of their needs. Do you just do cleaning or can you do other treatments? I, I know we talked a little bit about, um, the cavity, the liquid cavity filler. Yeah. 
So tell, so, me, tell me a little bit about what types of treatments you can provide, you know, how extensive the care is. Yeah. So we are really lucky, like I said, in Colorado, um, being that first state to be independent, but we have also had just a, a wonderful Colorado Dental Hygiene Association that has fought for us to be able to do so many other advanced care options still under that Hygiene Practice Act. So most of what we do is non-surgical periodontal therapy, um, also known as deep cleaning with anesthetic. So typically our patients are going to get anywhere between five and 10 shots of anesthetic wow, okay. for a treat for, okay. a, for a procedure, and they will go through that deep cleaning. Um, we also do regular cleanings, digital x-rays, consultations, oral cancer screenings. We can do fillings, both glass ionomer fillings and medicated temporary fillings. And probably the coolest thing that we do is SDF. And that is short for silver diamine fluoride. And it is an antimicrobial liquid that is applied to the cavity with a little micro brush. And I like to explain it to the patients as it's almost like freezing a wart or spraying raid on a spider. It is actually destroying that microbug that's in the tooth that's eating the whole end of the tooth. It completely kills it. Wow. So if that patient was to then never go to the dentist for follow-up care, which we don't encourage, we do want to have the patient find a dental home, um, that they will be okay, that that cavity is arrested and they're, they're, they're fine. Wow. That's, that's just so great that you have the ability, like you say, in Colorado to provide this expanded care for these people because they really need it. I mean, and I was just really overwhelmed in, in such a great way. Um, you know, when I was there visiting you at the shelter, just to see, you know, how, how people came to you. They just wanted to come and get that care. They weren't afraid. They trusted you. I mean, you've obviously done an amazing job creating, you know, trust and goodwill in these shelters. And, you know, I, I still remember that one gal that came up and talked to us and um, she just wanted to know everything about what we were doing that day. <laughs> yeah. But the, and there were two other people sitting in the chairs waiting to see you. But it's yeah. obvious that they can get some really good care. Um, yeah, it's um, it's a population of patients that would not normally go to a dental office. They wouldn't seek preventative dental care. They are going to go to a dental office or maybe even the emergency room because of a toothache. And if right. we can prevent those emergency room visits right. by doing preventative care, that's right. saving thousands of dollars for the public. It's right. allowing patients with real medical emergencies to get treated in front of someone that's just going to the emergency room for a toothache where they really can't get that treated anyways. Yeah, they can't. Do, there's nothing they can really do in the ER other than give them some pain meds, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. They can't. And I think, I know you do have a clinic, like if somebody does have a major issue, you, you refer them to a, to a clinic, right? To a yeah. Medicaid runs. 
clinic, I think. Absolutely. So we have over 13 dentists and doctors that we refer to for advanced care. Everything from general dentistry to oral surgeon, to we even have an oral cancer head and neck surgeon that will see our patients with open arms um, for any advanced care that we refer. Our goal is we, pop-up clinics are great for creating the trust with the patient, being under the same roof where they are eating and sleeping and receiving other social services. I think that that's why our care is so accepted by them. It is a, it's trust where they're a little nervous about going into a traditional dental office. Where do I go? How much is it going to cost? Am I going to be judged because I'm maybe not dressed like the patient that's sitting next to me in the waiting room? Maybe I haven't showered or eaten in a few days. Am I going to be judged? So if we're able to do that triage care for them in the homeless shelter and get them all cleaned up, do a thorough consultation and have them have a full understanding of what to expect when they go to the dental office, we have an amazing turnout for follow-up with going to a dental office. We're able to reach out to our partner dental offices and get reports. How many, we sent you 30 patients this month. How many of those 30 actually called and scheduled an appointment? And we're able to find out if they did follow through with care. That, that, that is great. That, I mean, because just it all, it just starts with the basics, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it can just have such an amazing impact. Um, I want you to tell our listeners the story you told me about the guy who came in because you're having such a positive impact and have such great outcomes with the people that you're serving. I want you to tell our listeners about the guy with the long, that oh, came long yes. beard and, and he came back and you didn't recognize him. T- tell, tell everybody that story. Cause that's just such a positive impact that, that what you're doing can have on people. Absolutely. Oh, uh, we have so many stories, but he definitely is one of my favorites. So a gentleman came into um, our pop-up clinic at a men's shelter that houses uh, approximately 350 men, 350 beds. Um, And he came into our clinic and said, what's going on in here? (laughs) We said, oh, well, you know, we're going to do dental cleanings, exams, um, x-rays, take a look. And he said, I want to do this. So he had one of those extremely long, just that traditional of what you would picture a person experiencing homelessness a long overgrown beard and mustache. And we did a part one of a two-part cleaning on him. It's called a full mouth debridement where you just go in and you're trying to remove as much of the big pieces of tartar as possible. We told him he needs to come back in two weeks so we can finish his cleaning. So two weeks later, we're back at the clinic and this very nice looking man comes in, clean shaven, all put together. He had a nice, uh, nice polo on and said, I'm here for my appointment. (laughs) And all of us girls were looking at each other thinking, we don't have him on the schedule. We don't know who this is. Who who is this man? (laughs) Who is this guy? Asked him for his name and it was him. That's just amazing to me. I mean, what an impact you guys had just cleaning up his mouth and, you know, just getting him back to normal. That's awesome. (laughs) Yep. His, it not only helped his dental health, but his self-esteem. Yeah, his confidence. I'm his sure his confidence got through the roof. Yeah. Yep. 
he just carried himself in a different way, so much prouder. And the fact also that he came back for the second session, like he liked it so much. He wanted to see what we could do for him again, right? <laughs> he wanted more. What else can you do for me? More. So it happens a lot with our patients where we have somebody that is maybe a line cook in the back of a restaurant or maybe the dishwasher. And after they have a session with us and we are able to just change the way their smile looks just with a deep cleaning or that full mouth debridement that they get so excited. I'm going to ask my boss if I can, you know, be the waiter now, or I'm going to ask my boss if I can come up front. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's just amazing. And it's just people, I don't think people or enough people realize that it's these little things, these basic things that can have such an impact on people and just change their whole life. You know, so, I mean, I just think, I just think what you're doing is amazing. And if it's not amazing enough that you're doing all of this in these homeless shelters, you're also doing a lot of work with um, older, the older adult population, the senior population, people who maybe have mobility challenges, who are, you know, have Parkinson's or are homebound that can't go anywhere. So tell me a little bit about that work that you're doing. You're going into people's homes or into assisted living centers. What what are you doing? So we do that all. We do go into nursing homes and assisted living facilities, um, but we also do private home visits. And these are for our patients that are homebound. Um, They may have quadriplegia, so they are paralyzed from the neck down or they have uh, multiple sclerosis or Parkinson's disease. So we will go into the home and if there is space in the living room, we will bring the dental chair in, or we can also just see the patient bedside. So all the mobile equipment with the compressor, suction, water, um, the polisher, everything comes into the home and we're able to see that patient in their bedroom. Yep, that's incredible. I, I don't know how you have time in your day, Jennifer, <laughs> to do all of this. Because you're a great team. <laughs> yeah, you've got a team. It takes a team. Absolutely. It definitely takes a team. And I'm sure that it takes a lot of private funding um, because you are a nonprofit. Um, where do you get most of your most of your funding? Or I do you have several different sources, I would imagine. Yeah, so a majority of it is gonna be our foundations. Colorado Dental Association. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So yes, we have multiple foundations that we apply for grants. And then of course, individual private donations is really what we need to keep this uh, organization going. Yeah, I I would, I would imagine, I would imagine no donation is too small, right? Because no, no, no donation is too small. Because you guys Um, have got so much equipment and everything that you need on a continual basis to serve as many people. I mean, just, just the 30 shelters alone is enough, let alone, you know, going into the assisted living and private homes and hospice care and everything you do. So yeah, so hopefully, you know, we can get the word, help get the word out about deserving dental and, you know, people, people can, you know, donate. Is there a place on the website that they can donate or how, what's the best way for them to contact you? 
deservingdental.org. Okay. There is, um, there is a link there that you can donate through PayPal. Um, that would be wonderful. Our address right. is on there too, if anyone did want to mail a check. But yes, I'd say that the website deservingdental.org would be the best place to go. Great. Great. That's great. I mean, I, I just love what you guys are doing, Jennifer. I think it's just amazing how much you're giving back to the community. I mean, if all of us did 1% of what you're doing, the world would be such a better place. I mean, it's just really, really amazing uh, what you're doing. Um, what is there, is there anything else you would like people to know about deserving dental or about, about you? So I just want people to know that we are delivering access to care to a population of patients that would never normally have the opportunity to receive it or even seek it. So again, this is a population that is pretty much going to be seeking crisis care in an emergency room. And the more that we can do for them in the homeless shelters, it's going to prevent a lot of those emergency room care and um, just situations that are going to keep them out of dangerous situations. So there are infections in the mouth, one in particular called Ludwig's angina, which is an abscess that can happen from a lower tooth. And it's sad because I've actually had two patients in the past three weeks that have been hospitalized and actually um, had a trach put in and had their neck cut right under the jawline and had the tooth and the abscess removed there because it got so out of control. They waited so long for care. Wow. Wow. Um, That's And it's so preventable. It's all preventable. I mean, it sounds like that is a situation, an extreme situation that is completely preventable with some preventive care. Yeah. And so just think about what that's costing the healthcare system to have absolutely. that hospitalized surgery, recovery. I mean, you, you know, um, that's, that's costing our healthcare system tens of thousands of dollars. It is. And in the care that we provide in the hour and a half long sessions, a lot of education goes into those visits while we're working on the patients. So it's not just we're going to treat you this one time. We want to educate that patient on how they're going to take care of things. And this is the brick and mortar office that we want you to go to so that you continue to see the dentist every six months so you don't end up in this situation again. Right. Right. That's yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's just amazing. Well, Jennifer, I just can't say enough great things about deserving dental. Hopefully our listeners will go to your website and check it out. Um, you know, donate what they can reach out to you to help if they can, you know, if our dental clients or our dental listeners, you know, have an interest and and can help you. Um, cause I'm sure you can use more help, more funding, anything. <laughs> Um, but I really appreciate you spending some time with me this morning and just telling everybody more about deserving dental and, and the population you serve and the wonderful things you do. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Linda. This was a wonderful opportunity. Thank you very much. 
No problem. Well, I look forward to talking to you again in the future. I'm going to come visit you again okay. on site sometimes. So. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And thank you to my listeners for listening today. Um, please go check out Jennifer's organization, uh, Jennifer Geiselhofer at deservingdental.org. I will have a link here on the site uh, over to Jennifer's site and anything you can do to help will be appreciated. Uh, And thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to have a great day, go out and make it a great day. Are you committed to the growth of your practice? Mettler Marketing can help. At Mettler Marketing, we help dental practices gain new patients, increase referrals, and maximize patient retention with customized marketing solutions tailored to fit your needs. Visit www.mettlermarketing.com to schedule a free consultation and learn how we can help grow your practice. Thank you for tuning in to the Mettler Marketing Podcast. Please share this episode with your friends and colleagues. If you would like to be a guest on our show, visit MettlerMarketing.com and drop us a note. Remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast and help our show reach more listeners.